Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to the Lions Den with Seth. Hopefully, everything is good with you. You're enjoying this Labor Day weekend. You're chilling out. You're enjoying yourself and family and barbecuing, whatever it is, whatever it is. Make sure you type in and chime in, or wherever you are, type it in with your thumbs to say, I'm in the building right now. Let me know where y'all at, where you listening from, and everything. And if this where you want to be, let us know, right? So we can give y'all a special shout out. So uh, we're going to have an outstanding show, right? I want to make sure that y'all know this is the time not only to tune in, but hit the share button. I give you two seconds. There you go. Hit the share button. Stop acting funny style, because if you can hear my beautiful voice, you need to let everybody else know where you at and what you need to do in the building. Big Nate, what's popping, bro? What is going on? Great to be here. Great to uh, have this little break or whatever, but to continue to connect with people and better than not only ourselves, but the community as a whole. So it's good to see you, brother. Yes, yes, yes. How's your weekend, man? It's been great, man. Uh, no complaints over here. Just been relaxing and uh, that's pretty Okay, good, good, good. What's going on, David? I see you, Patrick. What's going on, Miss Cheryl? How you doing, Clarksville? Okay, cool, cool, man. Listen, so I had the opportunity to see uh Beast Man with uh uh was it Idris Elba? And uh, it, th- did you see the the previews to that? Let me see. I know your internet is out of line, but listen, let me tell y'all something. When I first saw the previews to the Beast, I thought it was like an African knockoff of Cujo. All right, with a crazy lion going. Listen, it's deeper than that. It it it's is deep. It's a real deep, deep movie. So I highly, highly, highly encourage it. Right, just give it, just just give it a minute. You'll see it. It'll connect. But ladies and gentlemen, here I'm gonna make sure Nate get his uh internet together. You see how he's looking over there, right? Let's see, Ronnie Lynn, what's going on, Clarksville? Okay, so I see Clarksville in the building. So if y'all doing this, y'all hitting the share button. Hopefully that's what you're doing. Okay. Just letting everybody know y'all in the building. Let them know everybody in the building. And we're going to have a great show, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking with Miss Monica Meeks today, y'all. She's about to get it in. And we were talking uh, backstage as far as the things that she has gone through and currently going through as as being a a candidate in in a specific district there in Clarksville. So, but ladies and gentlemen, please give us a digital round of applause for Miss Monica Meeks. There you go. Let's see. Let's see if Nate's stuff together. You good, bro? Brother, I'm trying, man. I don't know what's going on, but, you know. I know what you're doing. Listen, man, what's happening is you didn't get the dial up. You still got dial up. So the <laughs> about this afterwards, they got this joint called, like, like optic fibers. You know what I'm talking about? So you can get that real stuff. <laughs> hey, what's going on, Miss Monica? Mix, how are you, ma'am? How's your weekend? I, I'm doing well. I've had a phenomenal weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. Peace and love to my mom. Today would have been her 75th birthday. She passed two mm-hmm. years ago, so do want to hold space for her memory. Mm-hmm. Single parent household, so out of Pearl McLam, my mother. Yes, 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 yes. Happy birthday to her. Happy birthday. So, so tell the world. I mean, so you got Clarksville in the building right now. And look, shout out to Herm. I know he's somewhere uh, trying to recover from his sickness and 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 eating some rice. So, hey, I see the sh- uh, you know the, uh, Clarksville is showing up in the building. But go ahead, Miss Monica Meeks. Please let everybody know who you are. Well, I wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for this platform, and I was intentional about reaching out to uh, people that look like me. There is a disconnect and there's missing folks that look like me here in Clarksville, Tennessee. So thank you, brothers. I really appreciate it. Not that you're going to agree with everything I say, but I just appreciate this being my first interview running for Tennessee House of Representatives, District 68. So hello and happy Sunday to everybody. Thank you to Clarks Vegas for showing up and showing out and supporting me. Monica Meeks running for Tennessee House of Representatives District 68 against an 18 year incumbent. And that's all we need to say about that. I am a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a soldier for life. I'm active here in the community and I'm happy to be on this podcast. All right. on, right on. Welcome. 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 Love that. Love that. Tear it up. Go ahead. Big Nate. 
Yeah, so first and foremost, thank you very much for uh, making the time. And let's get right into it. What gave you the motivation and the ambition to run for District uh, 68? And uh, what are your plans on uh, your process moving forward? Well, I have a lot of plans and they're so good that some of the people that claim not to like me are still in my platform. So the reason I'm running for office, number one, is medical cannabis. We have a lot of veterans here and other people that could benefit from medical cannabis. I am big in veteran service organizations here. And there were two organizations where we have been intentional about fighting for medical cannabis. Tennessee is one of 11 states that still has not got on board about medical cannabis. So that's the main reason I decided to run, even though people were like, nobody cares about medical cannabis. But when I was collecting signatures for my petition, one guy who is diehard, red, red hat and everything, when I went to ask him to sign my uh, petition, he was like, what's your platform? And I said, medical cannabis. And he said, you should have started with that. Not only did he sign my petition, he also had his wife to sign my petition. Didn't ask me what party I belong to, was just happy that, hey, Tennessee is time to get medical cannabis. So that's number one on my platform is medical cannabis. And that's why I decided to run. I was working with the Veteran Caucus here in Tennessee, well, at least trying to. They were ignoring me. One representative suggested I focus on a bingo bill, which would be profitable because we are nonprofit. But I was like, you know, there are too many of us that want medical cannabis. 80% of Tennesseans want medical cannabis. It can help a lot of children that are differently abled. So that's why I decided to run for office. Number two is Medicaid expansion. Tennessee has a 41 billion with a B dollar industry budget and they allot $8 million to tourism and they only allot $2 million to the un un uninsured. So that tells me that they care more about tourism initiatives than they care about the underinsured in the state of Tennessee. We like to punish people in this state just because they happen to be poor or economically disadvantaged. And the third reason is rights of parents. I'm someone who has spoken before the school board multiple times, will continue to do so. And there are no bills currently on Tennessee books that addresses the rights of parents. And I'm talking rights of parents, whether I agree with you or not, the whole thing with the mask mandate, I was asking for civility, not for people to say, hey, let's make our kids wear masks. I was saying, hey, let's not bully kids that wear masks. Let's not bully kids that don't wear masks. Let's respect the choices that parents make for their children. So those are the three reasons I'm running. Medical cannabis, Medicaid, and rights of parents. All right. Okay. Well, look at that. Hey, so look, ladies and gentlemen, you can tell she not only know what she's talking about, but she's been writing it down and telling everybody named mama. You understand? <laughs> so here it is. This is my question because um, outside of this, by my heart, right? In the deep of my soul, I'm a bona fide hustler. You understand? So I, what I want to know is, A, do you support small businesses and what type of support could you incorporate Right. By uh, looking for them to support you. Like what what type of verbiage would you talk to them about as far as small business? Seth, I believe in buying local and supporting local. I partnered with my homegirl who's also from Sampson County, North Carolina, when it came to my campaign shirts. And she decided to donate three dollars to every shirt that she sold to my campaign. She's a small business owner. She's a veteran, disabled veteran. She does a great job. I was told by certain people that, hey, you should ha you have to go with union operated companies. And I said, well, sometimes black businesses are left out of that conversation because they don't have enough employees to be part to be unionized. So why should I not afford my homegirl the opportunity? Letitia Proctor, shout out to you, sis. I love you uh, for doing my shirts. And then I didn't ask her for the three dollars. She's like, hey, Monica, I'll donate three dollars to every shirt that you sell to the campaign. So that's how I've supported local businesses. We also had a lady that passed out chapsticks. I'm very innovative in what I do. So we're doing things they've never seen on a political scene here in Clarksville. Teresa Lutton, shout out to her. She did chapsticks for me. So we recently passed out chapsticks saying, hey, vote for Monica, Tennessee House of Representatives, District 68. I am intentional about supporting businesses. Uh, as far as my yard signs are concerned, I did not go with Union again. I went with Copies and Flash, which is a local business here in Clarksville. So all the business that we've done has been to keep money here in Montgomery County. So I'm very, very proud of that. Oh, listen, and looking out for the chappy lips, okay? You got to take care of them walking around there looking out of line. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, so as we talk about this, what do you feel is your most biggest disadvantage or your toughest feat that you've faced thus far? 
Well, so far as the amount of trolls that have approached me, we have Karen's gone Karen. And in, in Tennessee, they take it to a umpteenth degree of being a Karen. So that's been the biggest uh, distraction is um, people that want to troll me, put in multiple uh, Facebook friend requests, I block uh, left and right. So that's that's been a hurdle for me, but I know it comes with the job. You know, as I mentioned earlier, my husband says, hey, when you get down with pigs, you're going to get a little mud on you. So it's nothing that I didn't expect, but just to the extent some of it has been, has been uh, a little disappointing and disheartening. Had someone to call my job, which I've never, you know, connected what I'm doing politically with my job. I think I'm one of the best investigators in the state of Tennessee. And for you to feel comfortable, like almost is as if, well, who does she think she is? Let me knock her down a pig. But everything I have is because I worked for. So that's been the biggest thing is, the trolls and the Karens being Karen here in Tennessee. That's been a and problem for me. But nothing I can't handle. And a follow-up to Monica is, what should people know about you that they may not know? And would you care to elaborate on that? Sure. I am overqualified for this position. My husband and I decided to retire here in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. We've both been in Montgomery County longer than we've been any other place our adult lives. So almost 14 years. We love Clarksville. We love Montgomery County. We love Tennessee. Um, so I am qualified. I live here in District 68. I shop where everybody else shops. I go to Roxy Theater like everybody else does. I'm just a regular everyday person. And I know that I'm not the only one that's looking around and seeing more of the same. And it's getting very, very frustrating. So that's that's the biggest thing is that I love being here. My in-laws are going to move here soon. So they're coming from Ohio all the way to Clarksville, Tennessee. So we've really made this a home. So that's the biggest thing is that I'm everyday people. I'm approachable. I'm accessible to the constituents of District 68. And not even the District 68. I've helped people that work for the city of Clarksville that have been going through some things. So if you need help with something, I'm very tenacious and I can help you out. If I have it in my power to help you, I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Shout out. Love that. Okay. So look, uh, we got a question. Question is. What is the plan to finance the three main issues? Okay, the medical cannabis, the healthcare expansion, and parental rights within school districts. Will it impact any existing programs? Actually, it will make the programs that are currently in existence in the state of Tennessee better. Medical cannabis, there is a veteran coalition farmers group here that they're just waiting for the permission to um, be able to sell medical cannabis, but farmers are ready and waiting. It's just that our legislators refuse to even address a bill on medical cannabis. And the sad part about that is our bill has already been written. It was written so well that the state of Alabama, no shade to Alabama, used our bill and they have medical cannabis and our senator that wrote it here in Tennessee would not put the bill on the floor. So it's just gonna make the pro, it's gonna make all everybody's quality of life better. We all should have a say so when it comes to curriculum. So my son doesn't really have a whole lot of books now. So it's not going to cost us anything financially. If we expanded Medicaid, it would help so many of, of our disadvantaged economically people here in Tennessee. So it's not going to, the money's there. It's not going to cost the state. Our farmers are waiting. They're ready. I've done interviews with a few of them. Our local farmers here, all veterans, all pro medical cannabis. So mm. it's going to enhance revenue. And then if, the Democrat that's running for office, Joshua Martin, if he wins, he says he's going to legalize marijuana. So there's a revenue of that coming in. So it's a win-win. It's not going to okay. cost anything additional by expanding Medicaid. Okay. Well, listen, I do have another question with that. And I wanted to touch on this. When you are having conversations about uh, your trolls and, and individuals that are trying to impede on the things that you're doing, how do you handle it? Right. The reason why I say this is because this is a, a lesson learned for anybody that's trying to do something different. And they understand that their their reasoning and their purpose is larger than themselves. But you have little peons of individuals that want to distract you from your course. How do you deal with them and stay on your road at the same time? Or do you deal with them? Well, I'm going to put a disclaimer out there because I don't know everyone's financial situation, but I match energy. So if you're someone that comes after my job, then I'm going to go after yours. And I know that's not the mature response and that's not what most politicians will say. But no, um, I'm matching energy. That's what I do. You talk crazy to me. I'll talk crazy to you. 
I've been thrown in Facebook jail a few times for, you know, clapping back, but I'm the clap back politician. When you say something crazy and off the wall and it's a blatant lie, I'm going to call you out on it every single time. So that's what I do. But I don't recommend you do that. That's not for everybody. <laughs> See, <laughs> wait. So, this is what I do. Don't do what I do, but this is what I do. <laughs> don't follow my example. Right. Do my example. No, I, I don't. Uh, and people say, well, Monica, you, you give them attention. Don't th- throw a stick at every dog that barks. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm telling you, uh, Seth, I'm telling you, Nate, that I'm not most of the time. I'm not the bigger person because they say it because they want to intimidate me. They want to silence me. They want to say, oh, she's, you know, all the tropes that we like to give women that look like me. Oh, mm-hmm. she's aggressive. Oh, she's a bully. She always has something to say. But you'll find mediocre is a, a rewarded. And I, I use some of Trump's taglines, actually, a lot of times. I say, hey, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? So that, that's my thing is I don't always go high. I am far removed from Michelle Obama. I'm going to be my unapologetic self. And that rubs people the wrong way. And I make no apologies for that. Hold on. Listen, brother. So now... Uh... I think that so I've just retired. I'm saying about two years, less than two years. You got a little bit of time left, and uh, or don't matter, you might do 30, who knows? But we don't have, I don't believe yet, that extra I don't give a uckness yet to just say, Hey, look, it is what it is. Boom, I'm going about my business now. Don't get me wrong, I'm starting to drip with it just a little bit, but. I do say that it's, it's good, right, that you're in that headspace to not only take the things, but be able to give it back in a, in a constructive manner. So, no, that's super dope. Go ahead, ma'am. No, we say, uh, and thank you, Miss Monica. Uh, again, we truly appreciate you. The money is there, right? The money is there. Legislative, you know, uh, they have the money. Do you feel that... Um, individuals, patrons have become too vexed and too comfortable because of the networking that they're afraid to make, you know, uh, a, a choice and move in a different direction. How would you, what would you say to that? It's very political and it shouldn't be. We have a super majority here, um, Republican led in the state of Tennessee. The state uh, senator for our area actually went on record, thankfully in a room full of veterans that he supports medical cannabis. So I told my girlfriend to ask him one-on-one when Monica gets in the house, because you have to have someone from the house, a representative and the state side to uh, have a bill to go forth. It has to go in both the house and the state and the um, house of representatives and the state Senate side. So I said, tell him that we're going to do business when I'm elected in January. And he laughed, but I was serious. So it's, if you look at big pharma and some of the connections that our legislators have, you'll see why we don't have medical cannabis. 39 other states already have it. They keep saying, well, we're, it's a Schedule Two drug for federal, but it's because they are in bed with Big Pharma. That's why we don't have medical cannabis in the state of Tennessee. I went on record and said that. I almost got kicked out of Cordell Hull in February for saying it because I was pretty upset when I said it. But they they have ties to Big Pharma, and that's the reason we don't have medical cannabis here. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Boy, you know what? There's something about those small uh, politics, right? And from a certain lens, you you think you know what it is, right? But it's layers and layers and layers, but it all comes back down to that almighty dollar. Ain't that about yeah. nothing? So by knowing that, how do you communicate to the individuals that don't know that, but they are, in a sense... Um, more committed to the party versus the purpose behind it. Now, how, how do you explain things that may not be common sense to the common folks? I try to do it from a place of grace because I don't believe that everyone is willfully ignorant. Um, when I came out, I was initially was a Republican when I joined the military back in 1992. I'm dating myself. And when I came out, of the closet of no longer being a, a Democrat because my entire family at the time, I, so I thought, was Democrat to my grandmother. She said she threatened to disown me. So I say my, the favorite thing I say and quote all the time is follow the money. Look at these packs. I would be so much further ahead financially if I said, hey, I'm a Republican. If I said, hey, I was a Democrat. But because I have said, no, I don't color inside the lines. I'm running as independent because both parties are problematic. 
Um, I don't have as much money as the D's and the R's do because I'm not a part of an establishment. So uh, it is what it is. We're still we're still doing well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, nice. I love that. That's a great one. That is a great one. Go ahead, Big Nate. Yeah, so we I want to go back to the questions. Uh, there's a question from Miss Lily. She stated, there seems to be a push from the major parties to join their platforms as opposed to creating new ones. And voters seem reluctant to embrace new faces. How do you combat that part of politics? Well, one thing I've done, great question, Lily, and I appreciate that. Um, you probably should run for office because you have all the right questions. But uh, one thing that I have been uh, intentional about is letting people that I know, my campaign slogan is, I am everyday people. This guy has been in office 18 years. Not only does he ignore Republicans, he also ignores Demo- I mean, Democrats and Republicans. That's your party. And you have people that have asked for assistance and they have had to go to the previous House of Representatives. I won't say his name that has a D associated with his name, but they know he gets things done. So they won't even approach the current guy that's in that seat who's been there for 18 years. So I'm accessible. So, again, I'll go back to what Trump says. What do you have to lose? I mean, if you send me an email right now, I'm going to respond to it and he won't. So just give me a chance. Give me two years. And if you don't like me in two years, I'll find something else to do. Give me a chance. Wow. And you know what? Sometimes that's all it takes is a chance. So I do have a question since we're talking about um, presidents. Okay. So here's one for you. If elected, will you support your party's leader? Okay. Regardless. But what I'm saying is even the the majority leader house, right. uh, For Democrats and and even your current and our current uh, president, uh, will you support and how will you support? Well, it depends on what the issue is. Again, I'm not a Republican or Democrat. I'm an independent. So I don't know that we have a whole lot of independence in the state of Tennessee. But I'm someone that uh, when I, I did vote for Hillary Clinton, but I did so and I cried afterwards. But she was and I hate saying this. She was the lesser of two evils, in my opinion. So um, if my constituents want me to do something, it's not about what Monica wants. It's a what what's the best thing for District 68. And that might be something that contradicts what I believe. So I'm going to go with what the constituents want. If the most of my constituents are pro-life, even though I'm pro-choice, I'm going to support what the majority of this district is. And if that's pro-life, then it's pro-life. So I will support them on the issue if I if the constituents want it. But if not, then I will, you know, 10 toes down with my constituents and say, no, we don't support that. Because I'm pro-2A, by the way, too. So uh, the current administration is not pro-2A. So, no, I do not believe you should come and take my gun. My mm. gun. I should say no. plural. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Now, now that's going to be the next one. Hold on. Hold on, Big Nate. So let everybody know what that is and why you don't support or you do support it. Pro, I'm pro-2A. I started the first African-American gun club here in Clarksville, uh, Tennessee. And I'm pro-2A because if you don't have enough gumption to protect yourself. Don't wait for the government to come and protect you. Uh, I had an issue here with uh, a city council person where she was more than willing to get a letter from the NAACP regarding gun control when uh, Clarksville became a sanctuary for the Second Amendment, which is the right to bear arms. And I think we should be proficient in our weapons and be trained in our weapons. So there was some heartburn there. But what she didn't do was for this current uh, pro-choice bill she didn't even address that the um, maternal mortality rate for black women. I'm six times more likely to die giving birth. So, um, yes, pro 2A, political unicorn is what I am, pro 2A and pro choice. And I know they like to put us all in a box. But I just think as, as black Americans, if you look at the history of massacres, of Wall Street, you know, Central Park, um, Wilmington, North Carolina, Rosewood, those were able to in the black wall street in tulsa oklahoma the whole you dropped the bomb on me they literally dropped a bomb on african-american people i think we should be proficient in weapons and we should carry we have a right to carry and we should carry and most of the time you see me i am carrying so Mm. i'm pro 2a all the way all right well look ladies and gentlemen if y'all are digging this please let us know with a hashtag we're digging this and with miss monica meeks up in the building Right. And so she's packing. Y'all watch out. okay, and watch your mouth because you don't have a problem telling you what it is and where to go in with that. But go ahead, Big Nate. 
No, uh, you you stated earlier. You said that uh, for the majority, you go with the constituents, right? You, right. you say, "Hey, this is what I'm aiming for. This is what I'm doing." Do you feel uh, that that could be twofold, right? Uh, when taking that leap of balance and stating that, "Hey, this is what that they want," because often at times that human factor, that element, can sometimes think and tell us that. This is what it is that we really want. But in, in our actuality, that may not be the case. Right. I believe, again, there are some that are, are, are willfully ignorant. Um, and But there are some that they do the best that they can with what they have. So I'm about information. I don't know that we've had a town hall. If there has been one, then I haven't been invited to it. Uh, and I've been here for 14 years. So do your math on that. There are no town halls. There's no discussion with regular everyday people in District 68. And I want to change it. And it definitely can be twofold because you're not going to please everybody. But what I've noticed is apathy and complacency got us where we are right now. Under President Obama, they started gutting the Voting Rights Act. And nobody said a mumbling word because, hey, he's a black president. They started that referring it to the states when President Obama was president. And now it's like, oh, well, they're rezoning. Oh, they're gerrymandering. But it's like when we had an opportunity to do something about it, we didn't do it. So I, I definitely agree with you, uh, Nate. It is twofold, but it is uh, what the majority wants. The majority that's active, because there are a lot of people that get on social media and they gripe and they complain about the lack of sidewalks here. They fuss about what's going on in the schools. And it is out of control here in Clarksville right now. I will be uh, completely honest with you. But then I say, are you registered to vote or what district do you live in? And I get a deer in the headlight look. Oh, well, local elections don't matter. Or I'm too woke to vote. I don't believe in the vote. My vote doesn't count. And my response is, if your vote didn't count in the state of Tennessee, they wouldn't make it so difficult and so challenging for you to vote. So I get that. Twofold. No, no and, and I thank you for that, Miss Monica, because it goes back. I think that, you know, nowadays, you know, oops citizens have become so mundane to, you know, the political parties and the affiliation comes with it. And to that point, you know, they say that, hey, you know what, at, at this day and age or whatever, it doesn't matter because my voice is not heard. You know, what I believe in or whatever does not come into fruition. And I think that we've become so settling on what we have right now, knowing that there's more to improve uh, both uh, efficiency and uh, efficacies, meaning values as a whole. So thank you for that. Yeah, I did want to say one thing, um, Nate, is the median age for those that don't know that are in Clarksville, that's the major city in um, Montgomery County, is 30. And you can just Google what the average age and income of our legislators are. So they're very, very much out of touch. The median income for Clarksville is $65,000. So you have millionaires deciding what's the best way to care to, for someone that makes $65,000. And they are out of, they don't know how much milk uh, costs. They'll talk about gas, but I'm pretty sure they're not filling up their own cars because they're millionaires. So we got to get involved. We got to galvanize the vote. If the 30, well, the, I think it's linked, sir. So if the 19 to 30s would vote and show up and show out, we could change what's going on in the state of Tennessee. It's, Tennessee is not a red state. It's a non-voting state. Mm. Mm. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Because uh Nate, you and I both know, right? Uh people people that's you know non-voting folks are, are hopeless people, right? So, but with that being said, y'all, we're gonna take a, a short little pause for the cause, y'all, because uh we got some real good stuff smoking. And uh I want y'all to really um take a second, all right, before we Take this break. Take a second. Think about the things that are going on in your community. First of all, in your mind. All right. In your mind before you even talk about what you go do in the community. But think about the things that you want to change and see how you can be the one to change it. How can you influence the things that you want to change in your own circumference? OK, so with that, uh, we're going to take a short pause for the cause. We will be right back. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Seth with the Lion's Den. Are you or someone you know looking for a tool to help them be more accountable? Check out the Black Collar Mindset, the art of strategic thinking. It's a manual to help maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable every step of the way. Go to theblackcollarmindset.com to grab your copy today. Again, the website is the Black Collar Mindset. 
www.thepowerofprayer.com. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Let's get it together. All right, and we got another announcement, y'all. Watch this. If you are watching my face right now, I want you to see something. For those of y'all that are listening, I'm going to tell you what this is right now. Boom. Check this out, y'all. It's official. Another podcast by yours truly, Seth Miller, right? It's healed with Seth the Speaker. And you can go ahead and check it on out. It's available right now. The first episode, we're talking about assertive communication. Okay. And what happens when it go left? You understand? And, and by the way, we got somebody on right now, uh, Miss Monica Meeks. Okay. And uh, she's been talking about how she is not only campaigning, campaign, excuse me, but also introducing that own assertive communication. And so she's back up in the building. How are you, ma'am? I'm good, sir. How are you? All right. I am good. I'm real, real good. So you gave us uh, some statistics about um, the medium as far as individuals that's voting. Okay. And you said that your state is just not a voting state. So my question is for you, how do you plan to connect the dots for that generation and that demographics so that they can understand that they too are part of the change that they want to see? Well, I'm coming for them. I'm not afraid to go to Fusion. I'm going to be a Fusion here shortly. I'm not going to tell y'all when, but Fusion is a gay club here in Clarksville, Tennessee. I'm going where the other candidates refuse to go. I'm going to Austin Peay State University here shortly to talk to some of those young people about the importance of voting. So I'm coming to get them. I'm going to see them around. <laughs> I'm going to be in the streets as the young people say. So we're going to have a conversation about how important it is to vote. Mm. Nice. Fusion, huh? Yes. Okay. I'm on my way. Shout out to Fusions. I'm coming. I've got invitations from a few people, so I'll be there. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Big Nick. No, so uh, that was simply my question. You know, how do we get to that point, right? That targeted age being 19 to 30, you know, what do you feel is the gap, right, for um, having that median connect, you know, or become, you know, um, engage within uh, social media, uh, social political platforms. What do you think is that holdup? The holdup is I actually have a Linkster uh, young lady who graduated from Austin P. She can't find a job. So she's working two jobs. And she said, Monica, I'm tired. She said, I've done, checked all the boxes. I was told go to college, get an education. And now she's working two jobs because she can't afford uh, to have just one. She doesn't have, you know, quality insurance, but that's some of the disconnect is they're too busy trying to survive to even like for, for them voting is a luxury that they don't have. They like, I'm just trying to make my ends meet. So that's some of the disconnect. And it's like, if you get involved just a little bit, if you can, I, I have a friend that just said, uh, I think it's Maria vote for Meeks, but she's someone who every time we're going somewhere, are you registered to vote? She has a young daughter. She took her young daughter and her friend to vote. So that's how we engage people is to make make them understand the importance of voting and then have them to create a plan. OK, you register vote. What day are you planning on voting? Mm. See, I like that. And what I believe too, what you're introducing is a level of accountability. So my question is now I'm talking to I'm talking to Monica right now. OK, do you think. OK. The reason why there's individuals that aren't um, interested in, vo in voting is because they come from the same cloth that it's slowly um, gravitating away from traditional churches, traditional things in families and or traditional thought processes. Do you think that's the same demographics that's like, uh, I'm straight. You ain't nothing but a talking head. Show me the truth. Right. Or get out of my face. Do you think that's what you're incorporating or not incorporating, but uh, dealing with right now as far as that medium? What is all of the above, uh, Seth? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not someone that goes to church. <laughs> I don't. I, I grew up in Disciples of Christ and our young people want you to be genuine. And they see a lot of hypocrisy going on. And um, there are a lot of times that they're being told certain things and they question it. And once they question, it's like, oh, well, that's demonic. Don't question the man slash woman of God. They are not traditionalists. But I still think that whether you're a traditionalist or not, 
your vote matters. Your vote is your voice. So I'm willing to have that conversation because I get asked all the time, well, what church do you go to? And I, Church of Bedside Tabernacle. I don't, we walk on Sundays. No shade to those that do have whatever religious belief they have, but um, I worship, that's my own personal relationship. And that has, that's not public uh, information. That's not your business, how I worship. So I agree, all of the above. They do yoga. They do meditation. They do crystals and sage. And the church, you know, classifies those things as being demonic instead of kind of having a conversation with the young people. They, I think our young people feel ostracized or judged by the church. They're very open minded. Uh, I had someone uh, she was kind of offended about a young lady saying that she was bisexual. And I was like, what does that have to do? Why is that your business? So they feel so judged and so condemned that they want no parts of it. So I get that. And I all the above of what you asked, what you said. <laughs> So, so you get what I was where I was coming from. Absolutely, right? they're not traditional. They're not for buying houses if they don't want to buy houses. They will take a trip to Dubai, and their lights will be cut off when they uh, come home because they value experiences. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Go ahead, big night. No, it's a follow-on to that, right? You know, we talk about the importance of voting and voice heard. I. Do you feel right? In my opinion, uh, it's one of those things where do you think we've gotten to a point where I'm good? I got mine. You know, it's not affecting me both personally and professionally. So why would I take the time? Why would I waste the time? And I'm using waste as a, you know, as as a not that it is. People, do you feel that people have gotten to the point where their mindset is, this is not affecting me. I got mine. I'm doing well, both personally and professionally. Do you think that that also uh, plays a vital impact to, you know, getting individuals out to vote? And not only that, is it that mindset losing, you know, within their own household to say, hey, if you work for this, this will come. Voting no longer matters. Mm. Well, there's a lot to lose. I'm a super voter. Anytime there's an opportunity for me to vote, I'm going to vote. I vote Dancing with the Stars. I vote American Idol. They do have something to lose. Um, Generational wealth is not being passed down, especially among Black Americans uh, as it once was. So they have a lot that they can lose by not voting. Again, a lot of the rezoning, the redistricting here in Clarksville, people are very reactive. So once they saw that their kids were going to be rezoned to a new school, a school that was further away, then I got the, well, Monica, what can I do? Well, I told you that in 2020 that they were going to redistrict and why you think they were doing the census? So we got to stop being reactive, be more proactive. And yes, your vote matters. We don't have a library in North Clarksville, but we're getting one that they're going to have to share with the animal shelter. They won't even have a standalone library. It's the library with an animal shelter for North Clarksville, but they have the lowest turnout rate for voting. They were didn't get sidewalks. We got sidewalks on the main strip, Wilma Rudolph, because those people vote. And people my age, I'm Generation X, I'm 47, we're voting. So do you want me, 47, I'm established financially, making decisions for you when you don't have medical insurance? I'm good because I'm with the VA, but I shouldn't be the one making those decisions for you. So you got to tell me what you want me to do as your elected official. And I don't think we're doing enough that we think that just them being in a position is enough. And we don't reach out to them. So many people don't even know who their city council person is. They don't know who their county commissioner is. They don't know who this on the school board. We're having all these issues with fake CRT outrage. And it's, well, who do I need to talk to? That's school board. That's county commissioner. They don't know what falls under what purview. So they're getting mad at the wrong person. They're getting mad at city council persons when it's the planning commission that has all the power. So your livelihood is tied to you being an engaged and informed voter. Mm. Yep. Dig that. All right, Ms. Monica. So I'm about to touch on it a little bit more. Okay. A little bit deeper. Now you've made it extremely obvious that, you know, you know, you are a black woman. Okay. So my question is to you is, do you feel being boisterous, right? And being unapologetic about who you are, knowing who you are is a, or do you think that it would hinder your chances or do you think it will help 
do you think that your pure and mere uh, authenticity helps your campaign? I definitely think um, that it helps. There's a small percentage, I would say maybe 10% of District 68 that they will not get past the way I look, the way I talk, the way I act. Uh, they are bothered by it and, and that's fine. But if I can get those that to understand that we have more in common and that I'm going to be someone that will fight just like the same energy I'm giving right now is the same energy I will give when I'm elected to the House of Representatives. We're going to change some things. We're going to shake some tables. I always say, don't just be so content having a seat at the table that you don't say anything. You, I'm happy. I'm the chosen one. I get to sit at this table. No, you have a seat at the table and you should also have a voice. But there was a shift uh, with my personality. I was really extremely, I know this is going to be hard to believe introvert as a child i was quiet <laughs> to myself so there was a shift in my personality when i turned 40. so i'm just becoming more and more of who i am and you have nothing to lose by speaking your mind they're going to think what they want to think i have red hair i've done presentations when i was a uniformed officer with the tennessee bureau of investigation where the young lady's like well i didn't know police officers looked like you that was a harmful question but she has never seen a police officer that looked like me so representation matters. And I can tell you this, when you have someone that looks like me at the table, it makes a difference. I'm going to fight for everybody, those people I agree with, those people that don't, I don't agree with. That's my job to fight for them. I'm going to advocate. And I'll say this, it's going to make some people mad. But when I eat well, when I'm benefiting, everybody's going to benefit. What good does it do for me not to be struggling with anything and people that look like me to be struggling? That's a problem. I mean, people that don't look like me to be struggling. That's a problem. So I'm always going to be proud to be black. I say that all the time. I am a black woman. And um, the 10 percent that has an issue with it, they're always going to have an issue. There's nothing I can do to change their mind. But if you want something different, if you want someone that's going to fight on your behalf, give you this energy I'm giving you see it on the school board all the time. The same energy I'm going to give. I'm not going to change who I am to make people comfortable with me. Mm. I'm going to process my hair. I'm not going back to the creamy crack. It's going to stay natural. So it is yeah. what it is. Okay, cool, cool. Go ahead. <laughs> no, this is more of a statement. You know, uh, again, Ms. Monica, you know, I truly appreciate you. I, I think that there's been, in my, in my opinion, right, um, you talked about it earlier where you say that you serve. I think that there's, there's a you know, in, in our society, in our culture, the way that people think where they say, well, you know what, we we thank you already. We thank you for your service. You know, you benefited from that. We thank you from your years on the police department. You know, you benefited from that and want to put you in the box, right? They want to label you and place you in that box and say that, you know, you've done your just deed, continue to stay in that box or whatever without seeking outside resources or outside obligations. And again, this is simply just a statement, but I applaud you for who you are, what you represent, what you've done and what you're going to continue to do really for um, this, uh, just as in general, you know, because, um, it, it's 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 not by it's not by default that you're doing this right now. It's by design. So I just applaud you for that. So thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate mm -hmm. that, mate. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Absolutely, absolutely, and I echo that. So you know what? Here's a little time. All right, that um, we're going to give before we go into our uh, final word. Right. This is called the Black Collar Corner. So as you heard earlier, right, I have this book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking, and you kind of already hit on it, but I want to go a little bit more in depth. All right. So there's a section in there <clears throat> that's called the uh, cup of tea. All right. So Margaret Thatcher once said, if you set out to be light, you will be prepared to compromise on anything at any time and you would achieve nothing. So I would like you to expound a little bit on that in your own words, as far as how have you been uh, uh, campaigning? Well, I've been my unapologetic self, even with the campaign kickoff that we had at a local restaurant um, here, there was a couple that happened to be there. They were not there to support my campaign, but they told me, hey, I support so-and-so and I like so-and-so. It wasn't me, of course. And I said, well, I don't like them. And they both bust out and started laughing. So even though I'm not their cup of tea and black people, by the way, are not a monolith. So I don't like being compared to other people that you like. Uh, but that's, we'll save that conversation for another day. I am authentic 
I am real. Um, what you see is what you get. And I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea and that's fine. Um, but the tribe is growing. There are people that have reached out that um, are feel that I am the change that they've been praying and waiting for. So I might not be 10 percent a cup of tea for constituents here in District 68. But I think there are some people that my message resonates with them. They're more moderates than we'd like to believe in Montgomery County. Everybody does not prescribe to the fact that you have to say you're a Democrat or have to say you're a Republican. They're more moderates. They're more common sense constituents in this area. So for those that I am your cup of tea, I appreciate all your support, all your prayers. It really means a lot. Love that. Love that. Love that. All right, Big Nate, you got your final one? Yes, my final one. I'm one of those individuals that always comes with statements or poems or whatever the case may be. But one that came to my mind is excuses are tools of incompetence. They build monuments. And those who specialize in them seldom accomplish anything. So, again, as I stated before, Thank you for all that you do. No excuses uh, on your trend. Continue being who you are. Continue to set the example. And we look forward uh, to this outcome. So uh, thank you so much. Well, thank you both for having me. I've enjoyed myself. Appreciate the hard questions that you gave me. Some of oh, no, no. And so so here's the thing. It's not it's not hard questions. You know what it is. It's real questions. And, like, and, and not just that, too. This is like a, just a conversation in the back of the, you know, at the crib, right? A, a little bit of sip kitchen still. table, yeah, kitchen table, kitchen table. You know, just right. talking and having a conversation. But then, you know, what we try to, what we pride ourselves on, okay, is being able to get from behind this microphone and get out in these streets and do some work, right? And so, I encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. We love it, right? And not just that. Thank you for letting us be your first podcast, you see, that you've been on as a candidate. So when you do make it up up there, you say, hey, you know what? The lions did. I live. You hear me? We can hear you. You're dead. I got you. Y'all, I'm going to invite y'all to my swearing in. <laughs> okay. Do that. All right. but here it is. I want to give you an opportunity to give your final thoughts to our uh, audience, the Lions Den, and anybody that will be listening to this around the world. You got it. Well, thank you all for joining the podcast, the Lions Den. Make sure you like and prescribe and purchase any books that these gentlemen are selling. I see Cheryl is watching. Cheryl, thank you. I appreciate all that you do for me behind the scenes. But I am everyday people. I was tired of looking around and seeing more of the same. 75% of our legislators are white men. It's time for something different. I'm that something different. I'm running because I want medical cannabis in the state of Tennessee. I want to expand Medicaid and I want parents to have rights for of their students. So thank you for the opportunity. I was intentional about being on this show or being on some black show because I think that the representation matters. So I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity that you guys have given me tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go just as far as to say this. This ain't just a black show. You understand what I'm saying? This is the black show <laughs> to let everybody know what it is. Because if you didn't know, we our main mission, ladies and gentlemen, too, especially if you're interested in being on, we focus on growth, development, leadership with a call to action. All right. So it's more than, you know, just, just talking that mess. Right. And there's a lot of things going on that can become a weapon of mass distraction. But what we are are weapons of mass action. All right. And that's the type of energy that we bring here on the Lions Den. So, look, I want to say shout out to everybody that was watching. Yo, give y'all all. all you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a matter of fact, Miss Monica, I got one more for you. You ready? I know you're ready. You ready? I'm ready. I stay ready. Keep them getting ready. Go ahead. Already. See? <laughs> so here, check it out. What is your plan? Big if you don't win. My plan is to continue shaking tables. I'll still be speaking at the school board. I have a senior and there's some stuff going on in public schools. We have charter schools trying to come and take over, even though the local school board voted you know, them down. Hillsdale, I'll call you uh, like I see it. I don't mince words, but I will still be shaking tables whether I win or not. I've already won because he was hiding in the dark and now he's coming and showing up at events that he never thought about showing up to. So I'm still a winner whether I lose or not. 
<laughs> All right. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Monica Meek has the smoke and she's ready for it. And listen, if y'all was picking up what she's putting down, make sure you go and support her. And uh, as a matter of fact, Monica, I should have got this for you. Oh, what you got, Big Nick? No, I was going to say, ain't no loser, right? Let, let's just That's make right. that clear right now. The late Nelson Mandela once stated that I never lose. I either win or I learn. So yes. there we go right there. I receive so, it. Yes. Absolutely. And that's what it is. But listen, what I want to make sure we do, right? <clears throat> At least let our audience know how they can uh, help you out, right, within your campaign. Do you have any uh, links or or maybe you can just say them verbally and just repeat them a couple of times just so people can uh, get it? Yes, I need volunteers. Hey, Ronnie Glenn, he's running for District 68, 67. Shout out to Ronnie Glenn. But I, I'm running. Um, go to voteformeeks at gmail.com. We need volunteers. We're not going to canvas because it's dangerous, but we're going to do some other things. We're going to go and hit the streets and we need support for that. I have an awesome campaign staff, but we could always use the help. So go to voteformeeks at g, uh, gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook. And if you're a troll, I'm going to block you. So just know that. <laughs> All right, there it is, everybody. Vote. Is it vote to Meeks? No, vote for Meeks, right? Vote for Meeks at gmail.com. Yeah, let me go ahead and fix that on up for those in a out of line like myself, right? Because <laughs> I do not type for nobody. Okay, y'all. So look, make sure y'all go, right? Go to vote for Meeks at gmail.com. And what I will do is I'll take it a step further. I will make sure that it's in our comments, okay? Because I think it's important for us to actually know where to go. Because what happens is, yep, there we go. I appreciate it. So what happens is individuals will get energized, right? They feel, oh, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to do this. But the the deliverables, all right, the follow through is whack. Okay. <laughs> we got a problem with that, right? Hey, it sounds good. It feel good on today. But what about on Monday? You know what? I can do it tomorrow. I can do it. Come on now. It's only 52 Mondays in a year. Y'all stop acting funny style. So get it together no matter what it is and when it is. But I want to thank you for being on. I do. I do. I do. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So make sure you don't go anywhere. We're going to uh, roll this on out. But ladies and gentlemen, this is what we do. This is the Lions Den with Seth, right? And again, if you are interested in being on the on the podcast and being heard and being seen, listen. Make sure you got something that you're serious about because uh, this ain't the uh, kind of I've been thinking about doing this and maybe this is what I want to do now. Okay, there's other platforms for that, but we're serious about you. We're serious about us, and we're serious about our community, and that's what we do, right? And that's how it's been. As a matter of fact. Next week, Nate, three years, bro. Three years. <laughs> ah, yeah. Three years up in this joint. Can y'all believe it? Been getting it. Hey, listen, we're happy about that, right? It's a celebration up in the city. But anyway, y'all, y'all enjoy the rest of y'all long weekend, right? Reflect on what we've talked about and get out there and hit these streets hard. We'll holler at y'all. One. Don't get left behind. Stay updated. Make sure to give a thumbs up and catch more on the Lions Pride Network.